Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin. Have you ever wondered, hey, since it's surge pricing, how can I save money on my taxi rides? Did you know that maybe when it's sunny, you should stay indoor if the health of your bank account matters to you because people seem to shop more when the weather is sunny. What effect does a bankrupt neighbor have on residents living in the estate? These are among the fascinating questions that Kiasunomics 2 attempts to answer in very simple language for you, Economic Insights for Everyday Life, written by Sumit Argawal, Ang Sui Hoon, Sing Tian Fu. And we speak now to two of the three authors. Professor Sing Tian Fu is from the School of Design and Environment at the National University of Singapore. Professor Sing, thank you for joining us this morning. Hi, thanks. Good morning. Also joining us live on the line, Associate Professor Ang Sui Hoon from the Business School at National University of Singapore. Professor Ang, thanks for being here. Thank you. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. All right, professors, I'm going to shoot you a bunch of questions that a lot of listeners send my way. So these are pretty common questions to do with economics. And the beauty of your book is you attempt to break it down uh, for the layman. So first up, what is the link between the Federal Reserve and the rates that people pay on their mortgages in Singapore? Because when people hear, oh, the Fed is going to keep rates low, they wonder, what does this mean for me and my mortgage? I wonder if you want to take us through this, Professor Singh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, our uh, mortgage rate is closely linked to the Federal Reserve rate. Actually, when as and when the rates adjusted, then you probably realize that the Singapore banks will follow and, and adjust the rate accordingly. So if you have your mortgage, especially in Singapore, uh, where the mortgage is, uh, mostly on adjustable rate mortgage basis. The rate may adjust according to this uh, rate as well. It will respond to this rate. So when the rate increase, you'll probably expect the rate to uh, go up. But given current uh, low rate environment, so it's uh, likely that the further rate uh, uh, will not likely to increase in the short term. So it's good news for those people who are actually on the mortgage uh, in Singapore. Okay, I'm going to take you beyond the page a little. Is this going to still, this link is still going to remain when the um, cyborg rates become sore? Yeah, then yeah, that's right. Yeah. The link will still be there, the Federal Reserve and the rates that people can expect to pay on their mortgages. The that's link. right. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, given the, the pandemic, I think the government is trying to stimulate the, the, the economics. I think the rate is likely to be low because they're expecting more liquidity to, to enter the market. People actually can borrow at lower cost as well. All right. Uh, let's bring you into the discussion, Professor Ang. Help us understand the impact of those home improvement schemes and upgrading schemes uh, people see at HDB estates. What impact do those schemes really have on resale prices of HDB flats? Yes, actually, Take it away, okay. Professor Singh. Okay, actually, we did a study uh, comparing the rate of depreciation uh, basically, it's just how fast uh, the house ages uh, between HDB flat and uh, private condo and, and landed houses. Actually, mm. find that HDB flat seems to be able to hold on uh, in terms of uh, aging uh, at a slower rate uh, compared to private condo and, 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 and landed houses, especially houses, HDB of 20 years to 30 years old uh, and above. So it seems that HDB is uh, able to keep this uh, uh, condition better uh, in terms of uh, H- home improvement scheme, upgrading scheme, because I think uh, this has been gradually carried out compared to some private, even though they have some sinking fund, but to carry out such a big scale kind of improvement is actually very costly. 
But if you are in HDB, uh, that's good news because I think government actually have subsidised quite heavily on these home improvement upgradings and interim improvements. So you're saying, uh, Professor, that the home improvement and the upgrading schemes do have an impact on prices. They slow the rate of depreciation of HDB flat cost uh, prices compared to private prices? That's right. I think everything else uh, remains constant after we control for all these variables like size, age, floor and and other other spatial variables. We find that the age seems to depreciate as uh, aging rates seem to be lower for HDB especially those after 20 years. You know. at, the, at the beginning, the rate of depreciation is actually remained the same between the private and the HDB. But after 20 years, uh, the rate of depreciation because of this uh, maintenance and upgrading work, it seems to slow down some of these. And the other possibility is like, if you look at private, I think they, are much, they have much more complex uh, recreationers uh, and also other uh, MME services. So mm. probably the rate uh, may also depreciate much faster. All right, we are looking at the ideas in Kiasunomics, diving into the book so that uh, you get a feel of the book, which is, by the way, a sequel to Kiasunomics. This is Kiasunomics 2. Um, I, I like the fact that it localizes economic questions and tries to break it down for, for the layman. Let's talk about the question that I mentioned in my introduction. Many people out there who take a taxi to work are going to love this one. How can one save on taxi rides during surge pricing? Who can help well, us out? Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll do that. Uh, well, if you're fortunate enough to be able to get a taxi, not via the uh, Grab or Gojek hailing, then you'll save on average about 18% of the fare. Uh, if you can't, then what my advice would be, wait out till the search pricing is over. They don't last that long, maybe about half hour to one hour. So in the meantime, you know, if you think there's, if it's raining, right, shop a little longer at the shopping mall, go have a break, yes. so on. Yeah, Good if it's not raining, advice. but it's because of peak period, then plan, right? Do some time management. Uh, don't don't take uh, um, you know the grab uh, during peak hours, right? Do some uh, time management. Wait it out, and you could save eighteen percent. Hey, that sounds good. That On sounds average, really good. yeah, fantastic. All right, and it's hefty when it adds up. You know, it yeah, absolutely it does. I'm going to ask a question. Uh, this is a little selfish, but I have noticed that I seem to spend more when I pay with my QR code. Is this true? Help us understand how spending habits change when people pay with their mobile phones. Yeah, well, you know, the QR code has made it a lot more convenient, right, for yep. purchases. And we find that the uh, main beneficiary of this are the small businesses. If they have this QR code access for people to pay, uh, they get more sales, more more uh, revenue coming in. And I think it's the convenience that comes with that. Yeah. And um, the, one of the other than small businesses, eateries, right? Restaurants and eateries, we find uh, their revenue goes up too. And I think it's this Thing that you know, I blunder you, you blunder me. Okay, let's go have a snack and so on. And it saves you from having to carry cash around with you. You're not constrained by how much cash you have. You may have credit card, but you might want to save the credit card for other purchases um, in other stores that don't have this QR access. 
So the QR code is really very convenient. Interesting to see you say in the book that among the small businesses, it is restaurants that benefit the most from mobile wallets. So it looks like consumers spend more, restaurants gain the most, small enterprises gain as well when people switch to QR or mobile uh, wallets. Are there any cons of mobile wallets as you see it? Well, definitely you could uh, get you know, get too, too ahead of how much you've been spending. But I understand there are apps now where you can track how much you've been spending on uh, using QR code. So here's where discipline comes in, right? As with other financial means like credit card and so on, self-discipline is important. Yeah, so every pro can be flipped to a con, really. You're spending more easily. Um, you want to, that makes tracking your budget maybe a little, a little harder to do unless you're diligent mm-hmm. about it. All right. Yeah, uh, which means therefore we need to educate yeah. Singaporeans as well. You know, education has to come in to teach them how to manage their finances. Absolutely. All right. I understand that the ability to bargain on some e-commerce platforms are serving sellers well. This is so interesting. I, I think I've only attempted to bargain maybe on those uh, on Carousel where, where you deal with an individual seller. But tell us about building and bargaining on e-commerce platforms. Um, we can't talk much about this because this was a research done by one of our colleagues, Mm. but we found her study interesting. This is Professor Chu Mm -hmm. Junho. But essentially then if there's bargaining, you you keep sellers on their toes because you are bargaining with them, you know, talking to them and and so they need to know, uh, they know they are um, uh, interacting with consumers, right, on a more intimate level, yep. right? Mm. So that keeps them on their toes. And it serves yeah. the e-commerce platforms as a whole? Yeah. Actually, to add to uh, Suyin's question, we actually mm. also look at this e-commerce. I think e-commerce provide information for people to find out or compare goods. So I think it tend to be more competitive. You are able to compare across multiple platforms or multiple suppliers and not for the same goods. Yeah. So it helps keep the competition and, and, and the price uh, competitive in the sense. I'm joined by Professor Sing Tian Fu and Associate Professor Ang Sui Hoon, co-authors and two of the three authors behind the book, Kiasunomics 2, the sequel to Kiasunomics. Okay, we've got a couple of minutes left, so I have to answer some of the questions I mentioned in the introduction. Is it true that people shop more when it's sunny? Well, when it's sunny, it puts people in a better mood, you're happier. And so um, people shop more in the sense that they are more willing to spend. Not necessarily that they buy more items, but the way they make their decision, they rely more on heuristics. Now, what are heuristics? Heuristics are rules of thumb, you know, shortcuts to making decision. So that which means, therefore, when they want to make a purchase on a sunny day, they don't think too deeply mm. into the thought process of how much they're spending, right? So they're using heuristics instead and uh, because they're in a happier mood. Hmm. My goodness, so I'm locking myself be, in when it's sunny. Yep, so we got to be careful of that. Don't fall into that trap. And finally, has the COVID pandemic shaped perceptions of risk? This is going to be very interesting for our investor listeners. Yeah, 
Actually, pandemics actually have a lot of impact because of the uncertainty of how this uh, issue or how this condition or how when the vaccine can be discovered, right? So mm. I think it actually influences people have a, uh, especially the medium to longer term perspective, perspective about risk. And it's not like the previous uh, global crisis where the, short, the, the the impact is quite short because I think the market recovered quickly. People actually see the kind of um, uh, uh, government support back packages after the, uh, the, the previous crisis you know, uh, helped to boost the economy. But this one, the thing is a longer term because of pandemics. Uh, uh, it's depending on how fast the vaccine, how fast this thing can be over. So I think it seems like it's a very, very long uh, term process. So people are more uh, concerned and have a higher uh, risk aversion risk, risk uh, in the longer term. So I think this is uh, slightly uh, different from the previous uh, uh, crisis. So it actually, uh, people are much more conserved, uh, conservative in, in making decisions because of this uh, change in the risk environment. For well, this thank you both for joining us this morning. Professor Sing Tian Fu and Associate Professor Ang Sui Hoon. Professor Sing is from the School of Design and Environment at the National University of Singapore. And Associate Professor Ang is from the Business School at National University of Singapore. They're two of the three authors behind Kya Sun too. Thank you both for joining me this morning. If you've always wanted a book that breaks down the data, the mountain of economic data into simple insights for the layman, then this is the book to pick up. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.